our looking at the articles of faith, we're ready to move on to the fifth one, and that is concerning the fall and depravity of man. We we believe that man was originally created, that is his origin was that of creation, that man was originally created innocent in the sight of God, being made in his image, which is in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, finite, perfect, but by voluntary transgression he fell from his happy and holy estate, in consequence of which disobedience and threatened death was then and there inflicted. And he totally they lost all spiritual life, becoming dead in trespasses and sins, and becoming subject to the power of the devil. That sin of Adam was imputed to his entire race, and that the corrupt nature has been transmitted to all his posterity by ordinary generation. And hence, every descendant of Adam is by nature a child of wrath and children of disobedience, totally destitute spiritual life, at enmity with God, wholly inclined to evil, without strength, without hope, unless saved by Christ and made alive by the Holy Spirit. That is our statement of belief concerning the fall and depravity of man. And I trust by now that you know that we can't contain in a brief statement all that is contained in the thoughts of the fall and depravity of man, just as we couldn't all in creation and all in um, Satan and, and so on and so forth. So we believe that man was created. Or study it when we were on the subject of creation. It was his origin is one of creation. It is not one of evolution, but it is one of creation created by the Creator God, the Psalm of the universe. Back with me to the book of Genesis, in chapter 1. The book of Genesis, in chapter 1. And looking at verses 26 and 27, we read, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So, God created man in his own image, 
image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God created man. God created them male and female, just as the rest of his creation were created with male and female. God creates man, male and female, with one distinction. In his image, in his image, chapter 2, chapter 2 of Genesis, Verse 4 through 7, we read, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth, of the earth. He's already stated the fact of creation in chapter 1. And everything has come into being. Chapter 2, he gives us a little more detail concerning that creation. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had no, not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God, back in chapter 1, he created man in his image, male and female. Now in chapter 2, verse 7, giving us more detail. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He formed man of the dust of the ground. That was the creation of man. Now, jump down to verses 18. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. It's all the same day, at the same time, the Lord God created, formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make the man help me for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would called them, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl and of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found, and help me, 
for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. He named everything. He even named his helpmate. Named her woman. Because she was taken out of man. And they both were known as Adam. Male and female. Both known as Adam. So God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. Back to chapter 1. And now verse 31. And God saw everything. How much? Everything that he had created. That he made. And behold, it was good. No. <laughs> behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The sixth day of creation. He made man in his own image. Male and female. And it was very good. It was made in his image. He was made upright. We believe that man was originally created upright. Upright. Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, to my knowledge, this is the only place that this is stated. It's the reason why we read those other verses, the verses of man and male and female's creation in the image, the image of God. And verse 31 in particular, and he saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Very good. Verse 29 of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, we read, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright. God hath made man in his own image. He has given him a disposition of uprightness, a, a, a disposition of being right, of their minds. Not being right on a subject, brothers, <laughs> But okay, we got some critters running around. Not being right on a subject, but upright in righteousness, in their minds, the disposition of their minds. They were right and innocent in the sight of God. They were made in His image. <laughs> One that was made right. 
as God said, is very good. Very good. It was what they were made in righteousness. They were made in holiness. Turn with me. Keeping your thoughts on what we have in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 29. Oh, this only have I found that God hath made man upright, made him in righteousness, made him in innocence. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 4 in, in, in giving thought to being made in the image of God, created in the image of God, male and female. Verse 24 of Ephesians chapter 4. And that ye put on the new man. Is it my the Christians, the, the saved people, not to 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 go back into the works of the flesh and so forth and, 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 as the Gentiles live, but put ye on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. And true holiness. Be, being created in the image of God means to be created in righteousness and holiness. That's what it meant for Adam and for Eve. And they were that way for a time. For Stephen. Uh, turn with me, book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 and, and verse 3. Concerning Jesus Christ, in whom are hid, that is in Christ, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, man was created in God's image. He was created with wisdom. He was created with knowledge and understanding. He was created in righteousness and holiness. He did that which was right. Sin, sin had not entered the human race yet. So he was created in the image of God. He was created upright. However, that creation in the image of God was fine. It was, it was finitely perfect. It was perfect to a limit. Not that man was immutable as God is immutable. Not that man was omnipotent as God is omnipotent. Not that man was omniscient as God is omniscient. Not that man was omnipresent as God is omnipresent. Not that he was sovereign as God is sovereign. So man's creation was in uprightness one in righteousness and holiness. One in innocency. But it was one that was finitely perfect. Back to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis in chapter 1. Back up to verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And verse 31 again. And God beheld, God saw, Everything 
that he had made. And behold, it was very good. There was, there was no imperfection. And that which God created and that which God had made. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Look at the Psalms in chapter 104. And look with me at verse 24. Psalms 104 and verse 24. The psalmist here penned these words. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. I mean, God's creation was good. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. There was no imperfection. And he gave man. Psalms 139 and I think 12, the psalmist says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He's made above all, all the rest of God's creation. None of the rest of creation, as it said, was created in his image. None of the rest of God's creation did he give rule over the rest of the creation. But man, he, gave, he created in his image and gave him rule, gave him dominion over everything he had created. Over the clouds of the air, the fishes of the sea, creeping thing upon the earth, the cattle, the beasts, They were his domain and dominion. It was good. It was very good. It was wonderful. God was pleased with it. But back to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. And all this only have I found, that God hath made man upright. <laughs> but, but they have sought out many inventions. Man, man wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with the state that he was in. He wanted more. He wanted to be greater. He wanted to be like God. <laughs> And so, basically, he sought how many he he sought his own will. He sought his own pleasure. I stated this morning in Sunday school when we were dealing with the the old and the new covenant and and so forth. Our creation, the original creation of Adam and and Eve, and all men with a free will. Adam and Eve were created with a free will. They weren't, they weren't limited. They weren't puppets upon a string being, being pulled by God's hand. And they weren't satisfied with the state in which they were created. They got to thinking there was more, that there was something better. The only thing better was God. And they, Satan convinced them, deceived the woman, convinced them that they were like God. And they wanted that. They desired that. And they went out. And they fell. So, brings us to the next point. But by voluntary transgression, he fell from his happy and holiest 
Satan didn't make him do it. I remember probably probably 50 years ago now, 40, 50 years ago now. Remember the saying that went around, brother and sister? Satan made me do it. The devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. It was voluntary on the part of Adam and Eve. The devil didn't make him make him do it. He enticed them. And they gave way to that enticement. They sinned by their voluntary transgression that committed the act of sin. He fell. <laughs> he fell from a happy estate. Not only was it a happy state, it was a holy state. <laughs> did, he get, did he get better? No, he desired better. But he got worse. He began to know sadness and sorrow. He began to know pain and toil and labor. He began to know sin. He began to know lust. Turn with me to chapter 3 of Genesis. Chapter 3 of Genesis. Lengthy reading, but I'm good to refresh our memories on this. God's creation was complete. And we read to you in Genesis chapter 2 that, that what we have in, in those first two chapters is the, the generations of heaven and earth. In other words, we're given, we're given to us the beginnings of the heavens and the earth. We're given to us the beginnings of the angels. But because this is a time of God's creating, we're not, we believe that the angels were created sometime in those six days. Probably sometime in the second day of creation. The angels were created. Sometime between the second chapter and the third chapter, Satan fell. Satan rose up and going to usurp to himself the throne of God. He's going to be like God, and he's going to sit on high and be ruler and led a host of angels with him. Probably about a third of the angels, but, but there were many more angels that did not follow his leadership. But that probably took place sometime between the second and third chapters of the book of Genesis. And Satan was cast out of heaven along with those angels that followed him. He was cast out of heaven. And so now we read in verse 1. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And you, you study snakes and, and serpents and you observe, and they are subtle. They're sneaky. You're a sneaky snake. Yeah, they're sneaky. But I have yet had to have a snake rise up and talk to me. Have you? No, we, we haven't had a snake to rise up and talk to us. Satan to this serpent and he began to entice the woman and he said unto the woman 
Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Well, you go back to the second chapter and, and you're not seeing God saying you shouldn't touch it. He just, he just commanded, don't eat of it, the fruit of the tree. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. God doesn't know what he's talking about. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Oh, and, and boy, that piqued, that piqued her, her interest. And later, it, it, it piqued Adam's interest, too. That's why he took. There's a lot of supposition, yeah. He, he loved his wife. And he was to cleave unto his wife, and, and she was deceived, and she took an aid. And, and so because he loved her so much, and he was cleaving to her, he took an aid. But now you and I know man, too, don't we? We like to be exalted, too. Why, if I'm going to be as a God, well, he's right there, right there with the woman. And he participates with the woman. And Satan got him convinced. You're going to be as, as gods, knowing good and evil. See, before this, they only knew good. Is that a bad thing to only know good? You and I that are saved, we say no. That's the desire of our heart to only do good. Oh, that we didn't know evil. <laughs> evil is not good. I don't care what the world tries to tell you. Evil is not good. And good is not evil. Despite what the world tries to tell you today. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, God didn't say it wasn't good for food. He said, don't eat of it. And that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. You already had the wisdom of God created his image and took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. <laughs> He's right there with her. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Were they not naked all along? Yes, it, but it was not sin. They didn't know lust. Now, for the first time, they knew what lust was. They knew what evil was. That was just as Satan said, no good and evil. But your heart, your heart will be after evil. He didn't tell them that. Your heart won't be after that which is good. They knew 
that they were naked. They knew lust. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. <laughs> they were ashamed of the fact that they, they were they have been naked since the time they were created. But there was nothing, there was nothing bad about it. It was good. Because sin hadn't entered, lust hadn't entered. And now, lust entered. Shame entered. And we cover our nakedness. And they try to do it by the works of their hands. They did just as God said. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. They died spiritually. And they began to die physically. And they died spiritually of all spiritual life that was in them before. That righteous and holy state that God had created them in His image. But they'd sinned. They had sinned. And now they've, they have, are dead spiritually, as it's noted by the next verse. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the thought there is that just as God had done aforetime, had come to them off time, visiting them, communing with them. But this time, they heard him in the garden just as he had done many times before that. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They didn't want nothing to do with God any longer. Because they were sinners. And they were enmity with God. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? God knew where he was. God knew what he did. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I prayed because I was naked. And I hid myself. Oh, yeah? God said, Oh, yeah? Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? God knew. And the man said, Oh, the woman with whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree. And I did it. It was that woman that you gave me, God. It was your fault, God. You gave her to me. And she gave to me. And I did it. What did she do, Adam? Hold a gun to your head? Say, eat this? God said unto the woman, What is this thou hast done? And the woman said, oh, The serpent! The serpent deceived me. The serpent begot me, and I did eat. He deceived me. No, he, he said no good news. The only thing was she didn't know. She would only know evil. You see, 
Man, man in his, his lost estate, he knows not good. He only knows evil. He only has a bent to evil. Adam and Adam and Eve, when they sinned, when they when they did that, when they broke the commandment of God, they only knew evil. They didn't know good any longer. They didn't they didn't know God. They didn't want to know God. They God looking on them any longer. They didn't want nothing to do with God. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall be it shall bruise thy head. See the woman can bruise the head of of the Satan. And thou shalt bruise his heel. A bruise to the heel, not a death blow. Oh, it might hurt. It might stick for a while. But it's not a death blow. A blow to the head is a death blow. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. And he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread, Till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art. And to dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve. (laughs) See, earlier he had just called called her woman. Woman. Now he calls her Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. They're going to bear seed. She's going to be the mother. He's going to be the progenitor. He's going to be the father. And she's the mother. But the grace of God is there. Sinners, the grace of God is there. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. The works of man's hands wasn't good enough. But God shed blood of an innocent animal to clothe Adam and Eve, to clothe them in His righteousness, in His holiness. Works of our hands are sufficient to cover our nakedness, to, to give us life, to 
make those who are dead and trespasses and sins alive unto God. It took the death of His Son, the innocent Son, the innocent Lamb of God, was taken away sin. It took His death to clothe us in the righteousness of God. That's the grace of God. Grace of God being extended to fallen man. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Man fell by voluntary transgression from his first estate, from his holy estate and righteous estate. He was created upright, but he sought out his own inventions, many inventions. Joshua, no, chapter 4, chapter 4, excuse me, in verse 2. And every man born to Adam and Eve was born with a sin nature and became sinners. And she again bare, in verse 2, and she again bare his brother Abel. She had first born Cain. She said, I've gotten a son from God. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. He brought an offering unto the Lord. What was the purpose of bringing an offering? Because he was a sinner. Because he was a sinner. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. He also brought an offering, but he brought it of the of the flock. And it was pleasing to God. Abel's was pleasing to God. Cain's wasn't pleasing to God. Cain sought to, to, to clothe his sinfulness, to cover his sinfulness in the works, works of his own hands. But God did not accept Cain. Abel, just as his mother and father had taught him, just as Adam and Eve had taught Cain and Abel, you must worship God. You must bring an offering to God to, to have your sins forgiven, to have your be clothed in the righteousness of God. You must do it. And I believe they did that, taking that offering back to the the gates there at the Garden of Eden where the flaming swords were turning, where was the, the, the cherubim, the mercy seat of God. They brought their offerings there to God. Cain brought of the works of his hands. It wasn't acceptable. Abel brought 
just the way God commanded, just the way God had demonstrated in the third chapter of Genesis. The approved way must be by the shedding of blood. The shedding of the blood of an innocent one to cover their sins, to have the forgiveness of sins. Chapter 6 of Genesis. Verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, the sons of God, the children of God, sons of God. They saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Not the choosing of God. The God didn't God didn't want them to marry. Only after their kind, only other children of God, daughters of God. But they took of the daughters of the world, they took of the unsaved of the world. That was what they chose. The next verse is how sinful and wicked that was. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. For every, he's evil and every imagination of his heart is only evil continually. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Chapter 7 and verse 21, we have the account of Achan and, and, and his sin, and, and he finally, went, once he's found out, found out and, and the lot falls on, on, on Achan, he confesses, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this, and, and I desired it, and I took it. And lo, it's buried in the midst of my tent under the earth, and the silver is down under it. Just showing the state of man. He, every man is born in sin nature. And he sins. He fell. Well. We need to quit the 